Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Big Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Bidem Yolomiden. On this episode, I'll be having a conversation with my guest, Kan Wen, who is my good friend, former colleague, and fellow cybersecurity professional. We talked about the conversation she had earlier on with her sister, which spurred her on to enter the cybersecurity field, the hard and soft skills that have served her well in the industry so far, and the importance of both education and experience in cybersecurity. Khan also shared how she constantly tries to achieve and maintain a healthy work-life balance by engaging in social and skill-building activities with friends and family, as well as how she has been successfully navigating the fast-paced cybersecurity field as an introvert. For details on how to get in touch with Khan, please see the links to her LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Here is my conversation with Khan Wen. Hello, Khan. Welcome back to the podcast. Nice to have you here. Well, thank you for having me here again, Vid. So um, to start with, um, for those that don't know you well, um, could you just briefly introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yeah, um, so I'm a security analyst in um, based out of Northern Virginia, and I've been in security for almost uh, a decade now. Um, so that's a little bit about me and professionally. And personally, I uh, enjoy traveling and uh, going out and finding new restaurants to eat. Nice to, nice to have you here uh, once again. Um, could you briefly describe the path that got you to where you are today in terms of education, certifications, and so on? That's a very, uh, I have a very long answer for that. Uh, it started when I was, you know, in my teens. Um, but growing up and uh, growing up, technology was pretty new, but it was a very comfortable thing for me. Computers came very easily and being my introverted self, um, I enjoyed technology. Uh, and I remember in high school, my sister, my older sister at the time was like, hey, do you know what you want to do in college and what are you going to do for your career? And I knew it was going to be something in technology. I just didn't know what. And I recall she's like, yeah, you should probably do cybersecurity because that's like going to be the hot thing for at least the next decade. And I'm like, okay, sure. So in my uh, college days, my undergrad, I did a, a bachelor's in tech. And then being in the nation's capital, I got my master's in like government intelligence. And because, like I said, I was super comfortable with technology. I knew I was going to go forth with something tech related. I just didn't quite know what. But as I finished college, uh, things like, you know, cybersecurity was beginning to be more noticed uh, in the industry. And I found that I was searching for security jobs, positions. Uh, so, yeah, that's sort of like how I came to where I am now. And also in addition to that is uh, getting a lot of security certifications and understanding, you know, how security plays a role in our everyday lives. Nice, nice. It's always fascinating to hear um, everybody's different routes and different paths they took to get into cybersecurity. And for, I guess the, the old point is to show that cybersecurity is not unique to some kinds of people or people with certain backgrounds. So um, thanks for thanks for sharing that with us, definitely. So um, what, why do you love cybersecurity and how long have you worked in the cybersecurity field? Um, so I've been in cybersecurity for almost 10 years. Uh, and what I love about it is that it's very broad and each discipline in cybersecurity has its own like field of study that can take years to learn, especially since technology can continue to evolve, right? You can do uh, threat intelligence, which is what I do. And that's like a whole separate thing from, uh, let's say, pen testing, right? Right. 
so um, there's like the defensive side and then there's the offensive side. And all those two require a completely different mindset, uh, skill sets and knowledge and expertise. And then you can actually break them down further into like vulnerability management, um, security operations, monitoring, incident response, uh, cloud computing and all that. So there are a lot of options within security. Nice. Um, thanks. Thanks for sharing that with us. Like you mentioned, cybersecurity is not just one thing. It's like medicine. There's all kinds of medicine and each types of medicine also have its own sub subdivisions and so on. So that's definitely something to to have in mind for anyone trying to get into cybersecurity. It's, it's not just one set of skills. Mm-hmm. There is literally dozens of yeah. skills. Yeah, and uh, one of the things I really want to pivot or try to dabble in is malware analysis. And I realized, uh, because in my 10 years, I've been mostly on the defender side. And around last year, I was dabbling a little bit in penetration testing. And that actually really complemented my defender security really well. And like I said, it requires a very different mindset. And the skills you learn, the tools you use, it's, it's, it's different you would think, oh, security, I get gas. Oh, this one security question, but it really, it's very broad. Um, I, I don't know everything and there's so much to learn. Right. So um, go, going off that question, was there a particular moment that made you interested in pursuing this career path? Uh, I don't think it was any particular moment that I can recall, but I do remember when CS, uh, APTs or advanced persistent threats and Nation state and cyber espionage news became more public information. And I knew that I wanted to pursue this niche of security, partially because I'm very, I consider myself pretty introverted. I like to do intelligence stuff. And, uh, but I knew that I was not cut out to do military. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I have the security part uh, down. So now can I pivot into doing like, uh, cybersecurity that specializes or focus on like nation state cyber espionage or just cyber espionage. So yeah, I think that was what my my particular moment part. Nice. So going off that, um, once again, what hard and soft skills did you develop early in your career that have served you well up to this point? You said soft skills. Yeah, both hard and soft skills. Mm. Uh, definitely, I feel like the hard skills would be understanding the security, like understanding basic protocols, um, knowing your ports and what's important and all of that. The things you learn from textbook, basically. Right. And then the soft skills, which took years and it's still a work in progress, is connecting with people, um, understanding where the other security team, the other person's concerns are coming from, what their workload is like. And I say that because you're trying to get their buy-in if you're trying to find a solution to help your problem. Right. And uh, it's important to, to, to have an understanding of how it benefits the organization and how it benefits their team and our team and why it's important for us to collaborate. Uh, and that's a soft skill that I am still working on. Um, it does not come naturally to me because like I mentioned several times, the introverted part of me is just, very unpolished yeah it's that's definitely something i can relate with because um a lot of times even before every briefing we give before every report we write there's that nagging question saying is this going to be good enough is this going to be well received and so on and of course at the end of the day um 
we present the report, we give the briefing and we get asked tons of questions. And then it feels like we didn't do a good job, but then at the end of the day, they're like, oh yeah, nice, good job. And I'm like, oh really? Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that that was the other thing. It's like learning to breathe. Um, I felt that I do tech, I would be, I wouldn't have to uh, interact with people, but it turns <laughs> out you actually have to interact with a lot of people. Yep, you have to know yep. how to breathe. You have to know how to present. You have to know how to, you know, hedge against questions. Right. Um, and those were really difficult for me to overcome. Right, right. Um, so um, going off that, um, which one has been more valuable in your career? Is it your education or your experience? Oh, <laughs> um, I feel like education helped me get my foot in the door, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the experience I feel is more valuable in that um, it persists, right? And it's based on the real world events that happens in your environment. Learning about it in textbook is very different from learning uh, through trial and error and being under fire and duress, you know. In right. the textbook, there's like a very structured, perfect environment of what you should do. But in a live environment, that's not it's not the case, even with the most basic things. It's like, what is the protocol here? Um, how do we approach this? Is this the correct way? Do we have the resources for it? Do we have the tools? Um, who do we reach out to for this, this and that? Right. So, um, I mean, it's always it's always interesting because it's what one thing I like to say is education drives experience, which then drives education. Like you mentioned, um, getting certifications for you to study for a certification while working takes a lot of experience in knowing how to deal with time management, for example, to be able to manage your nine to five and then get off work and then still study two, three hours every day with the mindset of taking an exam at the end of the day that would boost your experience while still keeping in mind that you still have to maintain your education and training level. So it's kind of like a vicious cycle, if, if I can yeah. call it that. <laughs> yeah, um, and you explained it really well. Um, I guess your question, I was thinking more of like that formal college education, um, but definitely there are other educations, right. vacations through labs that are right. very practical. Pen test course that I was taking, uh, the instructor, instructor set up his lab in such a way that it was very practical and very hands-on, and I learned so much from it. And it was real, in this, as real as you can make it, right? Right. Um, so yeah, you, you're absolutely right about the balance of education and experience and how they uh, drive each other. So how do you motivate yourself and your team? So I'm an individual contributor. Uh, I don't manage any team. So me to motivate myself. Uh, I guess hmm, it's not really a motivation. It's more of a, there's so much out there to learn that I feel, for lack of a better term, I feel a little bit bored if I don't challenge myself. Mm. Um, And also the tech industry security changes so often that if you don't keep up, you get, you fall behind. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, that's one thing I noticed as well. Um, cybersecurity is the kind of field where I like drawing analogies with medicine for some reason, because medical doctors have to keep keep up their knowledge. They have to keep attending all these conferences, catching up on all these latest um, developments in the medical field. And the same thing happens in cybersecurity. If you don't keep up your knowledge, you might end up feeling demotivated because when something new pops up in the news and they're figuring out how to handle this new kind of alert or now that there's cloud security everywhere, now that AI is coming into the picture, Mm -hmm. if you don't 
constantly update your knowledge, then you just realize everyone has left you behind and you feel demotivated. And I've seen a lot of people actually crash out of cybersecurity just for that reason. So having that constant motivation, whether from inside you, whether from outside, whether having colleagues around you, friends, family members who can literally encourage you to keep adding knowledge and value to yourself and to your team, then that kind of becomes unfortunate basically <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm always uh very inspired by your your efforts bid seeing you like always uh researching and sharing your knowledge i'm like wow that's a lot of dedication <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank run you. out of juice if i uh, try to do what you do thank you thank you it's it's definitely something i like to do not not just because I like doing it, but because like you just mentioned, it's it's important to, to stay to stay sharp because even if it's not for myself, I guess I want to add value to my team. So just sharing what I know, sharing how I know what I know, that's that's something that I feel like would come back to me in, in some way. And then of course it's important to just it's it's kind of how I motivate myself really, because when you think about it, some of the things I share with other people, I don't have to do it. But then at the end of the day, it's like, whether you gain something or not, I know I'm gaining something for myself. So that's one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to look at it. So what does a typical work day look like for you? Well, I have to wake up on time. <laughs> um, but I look through a lot of security, uh, security events to see what happens, you know, in the last 24 hours, uh, data breaches, um, ransomware activity, any exploits, uh, vulnerabilities, are there any patches that are released uh, and then process those information to determine if there is impact um, to the organization uh, and or to engage in appropriate teams that will help determine the impact and what that status is, is sort of the gist. Nice. Um, it's it's and like we mentioned earlier, cybersecurity is like a collection of different fields and subfields, and it, a typical workday is different from for each person. And you can have ten people who say they do cybersecurity, and they all have ten different workdays. So that's that's yeah. something to also have in mind as well. So um, next question I have here is, what do you like to do outside of work? Oh, uh, so many things. Uh, <laughs> um, first thing that comes to mind is traveling. And I really, um, right now, it's really important to me to foster personal relationships with friends, uh, loved ones, and those that are important to me. That there is more to life than work and the cybersecurity world. Uh, and currently, I'm just trying to to learn how to play guitar and sing, having different social uh, hobbies. Nice. Those are um, those are definitely um, very nice things to pursue. I like to tell people around me, anyone that cares to to know about how do we balance work and life in cybersecurity. So, definitely one of the things to to have in mind is cybersecurity is an in intense field. Mm -hmm. Something that be, something that is new in the morning can become old by evening of the same day. Yeah, and in between takes a lot of constant efforts at learning and on learning what you just learned some few hours ago. And all that could pile on stress to the to the body, to the mind, and so on. So a lot of unwinding happens among colleagues, friends, co-workers, um, finding a hobby to do, um, spending time with friends and family. That really helps a lot. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yep. So what advice would you give someone who is interested in pursuing a career in the cybersecurity field? 
Oh boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Just kidding. Um, so you're likely going to feel overwhelmed and uh, experience imposter syndrome um, because like I, Ben and I, you know, we talked about this. Is that security is so broad? There's so much to learn. Uh, but don't let that discourage you. Take it one day at a time and you'll eventually build your knowledge and be willing to learn anything from anyone, right? The time will pass anyway. Uh, and a year from now, you could have gained a lot of cybersecurity knowledge, whether that's in pen testing or you know, threat intelligence, vulnerability, uh, exploits. But so long as you're willing to learn do it a little bit a day at a time because if you feel overwhelmed, you're always like, oh, I can't do this. Well, that time's going to pass. And right. in one year, do you want to, you know, I'll give myself an example that I think of is in one year, Con, do you want to be able to learn guitar or do you just want to, you know, in your, sit in your house and be like, I wish I had learned that a year ago. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. So um, it's that's definitely a good a good way to approach cybersecurity or even any field in general. That curiosity, that um, ability to to learn, and the willingness to be able to learn from anybody at any time, because learning opportunities can happen anytime from anywhere from anybody. So that's that's one thing to have in mind. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So where do you see the industry going in the nearest future? I assume you mean security industry. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely feel tech is the future and I feel that there will be more integration of everyday items into the interwebs. Um, I mean, we went from computers connecting to the web to phones, to TV, to watches and fridges. Right. So I'm just wondering when my couch will connect to the, to the <laughs> um, right? So yeah, that's, that's what I think of as a future. And, who knows, maybe at some point we can do those like weird hologram things where we can actually right. transport ourselves into some other person's location and see it. So, um, like, I mean, cloud security, cloud technology, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all of these things, I think they're going to eventually overlap and then merge and then cybersecurity would probably be dragged along, along with them. So yeah. this this would require new new methods, new approaches. A lot of things we know now, the things we think we took years to learn, mm-hmm. would eventually have to start learning new technology. I see companies putting emphasis now on cloud certifications and artificial intelligence certifications. So that's that's something to keep an eye on, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like uh, with cyber attackers, they don't really care how they get in, whether right. or not they're getting th- getting in through your, you know, smart fridge, creating havoc, and then pivoting from your smart fridge to another part of your your network. It, they don't care how they get in; they they just want to get in, right? right. And so we have to adapt to it. And I remember thinking, well, why do I need a why do fridge needs to connect to, you know, the internet? It's unnecessary. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I feel like as we as technology continues to evolve um all these other items these technologies that connect will uh, be something we have to pay attention to and not just computers definitely i agree with that um what do you think prepared you most for success to get your current position success in my current position i mean i feel like this kind of goes back to what kind of advice uh, i would give somebody who's interested in cybersecurity is being willing to learn anything 
from yeah. anyone, uh, even if it doesn't seem like it's relevant at this current moment. Um, but you just don't know when it will be relevant at some right. point in the future uh, in your career. Got it. That's definitely something I would also encourage other people and something that has actually worked for me as well. Because for me, every position I've occupied since the start of my career, around the same time as you, 10, 11 years ago, I've noticed having a curious mind, having an open mind, being willing to challenge the status quo. If they say, this is how we do this thing. And I'm like thinking, but why? Is there any better yeah. way that we could do this? Is there any better way to analyze an IOC, for example? Is yeah. there any better way to to investigate a malware or to check something on hybrid analysis or any round? Are there better ways of doing whatever it is we do on a day-to-day basis? And then it just gets me thinking, before you know it, I'm writing a summary to share with my colleagues and everybody's like, oh yeah, thanks for doing that. This makes the time spent on closing a ticket reduce significantly. And I'm like, oh, you guys are welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally hear you on that. It's, um, like you said, be willing to challenge the status quo and be confident and okay with being, you know, quote unquote, wrong. With analysis, I've come to learn that our assessment, it's okay for that to change as we gain new information or new evidence, right? right, um, right. So long as you can back up your analysis with these things, then I, I think you're okay. Right. I think what you just mentioned about analysis changing all the time happened to me last week. There was some report I was working on and my analysis at the time, so that's that's a new phrase I like to include in my report saying, at this time, we assess with medium, high, low confidence as this, this, this is happening. So when it changes, then I will just remind them, remember I said at this time. Right. So that analysis was for that time. So right. now it's changing because now I have to like say at this time, so the analysis from last week changed. Now we have a new analysis for this week. So that, that kind of prepares everybody's mind that you, you're dealing with a human being here. We have the, the opportunity and the chances to, to change our assessment as we see fit. So definitely. Right. Yep, agree. So which books are you currently reading, TV shows you're currently watching, or even podcasts that you're currently subscribed to? <laughs> so I'm not currently like reading or watching anything that's cybersecurity related. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, yep. I am currently really, uh, because I want my life to have more diversity than just cybersecurity, I realize that's not, you know, very good for my mental health. Um, but I'm currently really interested in reading books about social psychology and specifically how we can nurture and foster relationships with um friends, uh, strangers even, through conversations and how to connect with others and how to ask good questions. Because asking nice. good questions is how we can connect with others at a nice. more um, intimate level. Nice. Any TV shows? TV shows? Uh, I <laughs> So I've been just binge watching the show called Atypical. Um, nice. Is that on Netflix or where? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's... Uh, it's a good representation on how this protagonist um, with with autism goes through his life. Mm-hmm. It's a very lighthearted, quirky, and funny show. Highly recommend. Nice, nice. I'll definitely check that out. So, yeah. um, are there any quotes that motivate or inspire you? Yeah, there are tons. Um, but my motivational and inspirational quotes seem to change depending on where my headspace is. Right. Um, 
currently because I've been trying really hard to learn like guitar and how to sing. My <laughs> uh, so the, the the quote that keeps me going though is um, if I want something I've never had, then I have to do what I've never done and to keep doing it. Right. Nice, nice. That's that's very powerful. I can definitely relate to that. Um, I think there's a variation of that, um, different forms. If you want to see something you've never seen or experience something you've never experienced, you should be willing to do something you haven't done before. So that's yeah. that's definitely powerful. Yeah. So to wrap up, um, how can people get in touch with you on social media, LinkedIn, and so on? Yeah, um, so I am on LinkedIn. Uh, I think that is my one professional network. Um, I don't have Twitter. I might get Instagram. Um, but LinkedIn is probably the best way, and Bid has my contact information. Uh, you can also reach me through email as well, I guess. Um, but again, Bid, you have my contact if anybody right. wants to reach out to me. Right. I'm actually going to put it in the show notes, so that way um, if anyone is interested – you can just easily just click on the, the show notes from the podcast episode. So, yeah. Okay, great. So, um, thanks once again, Khan, for joining us on this episode. I'm sure the next time I invite you over to talk about <laughs> malware analysis, threat intelligence, and so on, you'd be willing to, to join us. Oh, absolutely. Um, thank you for having me. I always enjoy our conversation. Nice, nice. So, um, talk, to you, talk to you some other time. All right. Thank Bye. you. Take care. Bye. So that's all I have for this episode of the Beat Picture Podcast. The production, editing, fact-checking, audio engineering, and graphic design were done by yours truly, Pidemiologunde. Special thanks to my guest, Kan Wen, for joining us on this episode to share our insights about the cybersecurity industry. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity topics, news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can all learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Please make sure to follow, download, or subscribe to the Beat Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdme at thebeatpicture.com. I'm also available on Twitter at Beat Picture, as well as on the Clubhouse app at Beat. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.